Welcome to Funny Stories to Tell in the Dark, a podcast sharing good stories during less than good times. I'm Julie Sensulo. It is officially 2021. This is the first episode of the new year. Uh, I think it's safe to say 2021 has already been a bit of a nightmare, starting off with that whole white supremacist coup that the former president of the United States incited. Yeah, it's it's been a rough one. But we are not here to talk about that today. We are going to ignore it and pretend to move on, like a lot of our elected officials are trying to do. But anyway, we are going to enjoy a story today. I'm not going to ramble too much because I'm very excited about this episode and I want to get to it. It takes us back to a simpler time, and that is the year 2015. So put yourself back there now in 2015 and enjoy today's episode. This is a story about how one unlikely moment can change your life. What, what were you like at 24? 24-year-old Krista really liked to have a good time. <laughs> This is Krista Dotsonrod, and in 2015, she was 24 and living in Chicago. I don't know where this energy came from, but I was able to go out every night. And in Chicago, it was very much like a work hard, play hard attitude. Krista had recently graduated from Loyola University, Chicago, and she and a lot of her friends still lived and worked in the city. So we were just starting out as young adults, starting out our careers. It was a fun time to be able to like start going out to like, you know, restaurants and bars around the city and we could actually, you know, afford it. <laughs> At the time, Krista had just started dating a guy who she met, like many of us in our 20s, on Tinder. And like many Tinder relationships in your 20s. I would not call it serious. But still, they were having a good time together. He was really fun. They liked to go out for drinks and to shows. We would go to, like, EDM shows together. And this guy's family, Krista's Tinder date's family, had season tickets to the Chicago Cups. Like, we had some seats there. And real quick, I know this probably goes without saying, but I know myself and I know my listener base. The Cubs are a baseball team. In case you don't know. But don't worry, you do not need to know a lot about baseball to understand this story. Krista didn't know that much either. I don't know if I could tell you how many innings there are right now, but I think there's eight. Krista might not know how many innings there are in baseball, but when her Tinder date invited her to a Saturday afternoon game, Krista said yes. A lack of knowledge of the game wasn't going to stop her from having a good time. So I'm pretty sure the day started out with bottomless mimosa brunch. I was already feeling pretty good. After brunch, they walked over to Wrigley Field, where the Cubs were playing the San Diego Padres, which is also a baseball team. Everyone's a baseball team in this story. And then got to our seats. I remember it was a really nice day. I was just like in my favorite jean jacket and some jeans and had my little Cub shirt on. It was April, so still pretty early in the Cubs season, but the stadium was unusually crowded that day. So at the time, there was this big thing for the Cubs where there's like a curse. You could 
never win a, a World Series in like 108 years or something since they'd won one. And this year, they were they were starting to be pretty good. People were excited that they were Cubs fans again. So there was a lot of people there that day. I, I'm pretty sure the stands were pretty packed. Other than that, it was a typical Saturday afternoon baseball game. Chris and her date were enjoying themselves. We're drinking, we're getting beers. And at this point, we were still, you know, just getting to know each other. So we're just like chatting and learning more about each other. They're kind of paying attention to the game, but mostly they're just hanging out until finally... This is important. It gets to be last call at the bars in the stadium. Last call for beers is at, I think they call it like the seventh inning stretch or something. Chris and her date get up get one last beer, and return to their seats with two full cups. So I was sitting there with a full beer. (laughs) I'm going to play a clip of what happened next. This is a video of the game. It's the top of the ninth inning, because there's nine innings in baseball, and the Cubs pitcher throws the ball. You can hear right there, that's the son of the Padres player hitting it. It's a foul ball. It goes into the stands. But suddenly, you hear fans start to cheer. All of a sudden, I feel something fall in my cup. I look down, and it's foaming like crazy. My date was like, oh my gosh, the ball just fell in your beer. The video cuts to Krista. Trevor's just got a little foamier. Her mouth is wide open with disbelief as she holds her foaming beer cup in the air like it's the Olympic torch. And people behind me are yelling, like, chug it, chug it. And then, with the camera still on her, ball in there? Krista chugs the beer. The crowd goes wild. Behind me, the whole section is cheering. Oh, did it taste bad? That was a common question. I think maybe a hint of leather. (laughs) I know, it's disgusting. But I mean, you know, I wasn't going to waste it. Those beers at the game were like $15. (laughs) Krista, of course, is now the most popular person in the section. The people behind me, they, like, gave me their number. They took a picture with me. (laughs) They're like, we got to go meet up at the bars later. But the attention doesn't end when she leaves Wrigley Field. The aftermath of this whole thing is, like, where it gets really interesting. After the game ends, Krista and her date go out to Wrigleyville, the area around Wrigley Field that's packed full of sports bars and souvenir shops. Can you describe, like, the energy of Wrigleyville? It's like one big frat party. It's not a destination to go to, to just have a nice evening. It's more like, I guess, debaucherous and kind of a mess. They go into a bar called Sluggers. But we go in there and they're replaying my catch on the TVs. And I'm like, what? That's me. Immediately, people start recognizing her. I was wearing the same outfit still. I literally just walked from the baseball field over to this bar. And I actually knew one of the waitresses at the Slugger's Bar, and she comes up to me and she's like, oh my god, Krista, that's you on the TV? What the heck? People in the bar are buying Krista free drinks, and her phone starts ringing. Immediately, my friends are calling me. They're like, Krista, what the heck? You're trending on Reddit. One of my friends, love him, but he decided that it was a good idea to give up my phone number on Reddit. So soon, like, reporters are calling me. I'm in no state to talk to reporters at this time. Remember, this is after Bottomless Mimosa Brunch and several beers at a ball game, the last of which was finished in one sip, and several rounds of free drinks. 
my friends all come out, we're having a good time. Everyone's just like treating us around. I was kind of just in the moment. I was really just having fun with my friends. We were just kind of laughing, you know, like this is just ridiculous. At that time, I didn't know how it was going to go. At the end of the night, Krista goes home. You know, I thought I was just going to go to bed and, you know, so that was going to be it. I had just like a really fun Saturday, but um, that was not the case. <laughs> I woke up the next morning and I had posted an Instagram. I think I'd take the Cubs or whatever and it blew up. I had like 500 plus likes or something, which is the most I've ever gotten on an Instagram post. 500 likes may not seem like that many now, but this was 2015 and the social media landscape was very different. I found Krista on Instagram, sorry Krista, and I scrolled all the way back to the photo of the baseball in her beer cup. As I was scrolling six years back, I noticed that the types of photos, the way that they looked, started to change. If you go far back enough on any millennial's Instagram, you stop seeing pictures of perfectly plated salad or overly curated vacation photos. You just start seeing photos of boring stuff, like a single scoop of ice cream. We did put filters on our photos back then, but unlike the filters we use now that make your pores invisible and your eyes bigger, the filters we use just made our photos, I don't know, more yellow? That's what's most striking about 2015 Instagram to me. Everything is just so yellow and faded. It kind of feels like you're reading a history book. Scrolling through Krista's Instagram reminded me that social media in 2015 was way more about sharing photos with friends than it was about getting famous. The concept of an Instagram influencer was brewing, but hadn't taken over our timelines yet. So it's easier to imagine how 500 likes and over 100 comments on a hazy photo of a baseball in a beer cup felt like achieving celebrity-level status. People were messaging me, people were like DMing me on Twitter, and reporters were still calling me, asking me about this thing that happened to me, and that's when I kind of started to realize I'm going to have to deal with this for a little bit. The next day was a Monday, and Krista went to work at her job at a marketing operations company. I just say to my team, I'm like, hey, did you see that girl? catch that ball in her beer over the weekend. And they look at me and they're like, oh my God, I thought it was you. Chris's company was supportive of their newly famous employee. They let her have a conference room all to herself so she could take calls from reporters and do interviews. A lot of radio stations actually, morning talk shows, one was in Iowa, like Wisconsin, all Midwest I was not prepared for that. I didn't have any PR person, you know. I didn't know what I was doing. What type of questions would they ask you? A lot of them asked me about my date, like what his story was. A lot of people asked me what I was drinking. I was drinking the Goose Island Green Line, which is a Chicago brewery. Goose Island actually reached out and offered Krista and all of her friends a private tour of their brand new tap room. And the offers didn't end there. Someone at the House of Blues messaged me and was like, hey, do you want to come hang out in my box suite and see Lupe Fiasco for free? And little Wayne posted about me at his Facebook and was like, get this girl on the beer pong team. I was a GIF in the Giffy keyboard for a little bit. The big thing was people were trying to get me to like market their stuff on my social media and send me like shirts. The idea was for me to wear them and like tag them. 
Because of the catch, Krista had become a minor local celebrity. She and her friends would use the story to get free drinks at bars around Chicago for the next few months. But by the end of 2015, her fame was starting to wind down. Things were starting to go back to normal. So how did you end up in Nashville? So this is probably the craziest of all the things that happened. I get an email. This is from the MLB. MLB, Major League Baseball. Say that they're having their winter meetings in Nashville and they want to fly me out and receive this award for best fan catch of the year, which was literally a new award that they had made for me. Of course, Krista accepted the invitation. When I land in Nashville, someone's there with a private car to go take me to my hotel. That's when I started feeling like a celebrity. I did like a little interview with an MLB reporter and talked about, you know, my experience. I kind of had like a handler. I don't know, there was like a guy with me all day. Krista's friend Franny lived in Nashville. So Krista had arranged for Franny to come with her to all of the MLB festivities throughout the week. So my friend Franny and I are running around meeting these baseball players. Franny and Krista didn't know much about the people they were meeting, but Franny's husband did. Her husband is really into baseball, so we're like texting him these names of people we're meeting. He's like, oh my god, he's so good, whatever. And we're just like, oh, really? (laughs) At one point, they ended up talking with former Minnesota Twins player Jack Morris, who played for the Twins in 1991 when they won the World Series. He was voted MVP of the game. Franny and Krista are both from Minnesota, just like Jack Morris. We really hit it off with him, and, you know, we talked about Minnesota. We didn't talk about baseball with any of these people because we don't know anything, you know? Still, Krista and Franny had a great time. They went out to a karaoke bar with MLB owners. They had dinner with players at lavish restaurants where they ordered Kobe beef steaks and $200 bottles of wine. I had a glass of wine in my hand the entire time. I realize I sound like a raging alcoholic. I am not, but you know, I was just, I, again, I was 24. In addition to receiving the Made for Her Best Fan Catch Award at the MLB Winter Meeting, Krista was also asked to present an award. To, oh, I'm not going to remember his name. It was a really top-level, like, Cubs, not the general manager, but maybe their manager. And But unfortunately, Krista was stripped of her award-giving privileges. But I was overserved, so they told me that I wasn't going to present the award anymore. Oh, no. Were you disappointed? I don't know. I feel like I almost put myself in that position because I didn't want to do it because I just felt like I wasn't the right person to do that. I feel like someone that does that should care about baseball. I mean, it sounded like it was a pretty prestigious award, so. This moment, however embarrassing, feels very poetic to me. Despite a year of being a Chicago Cubs hometown hero, a Major League Baseball darling, and the recipient of the inaugural Best Fan Catch Award, Krista wasn't really a baseball fan. She was just someone who was trying to have a good time. That's what had made her famous in the first place. At the end of the week, Krista returned home, back to normal life. I asked Krista what she makes of this time in her life. She kind of shows you, like, you never really know what could happen to you that day. Like, something could, you know, change your life in kind of like a fun, interesting way and give you a good story. It could literally just be you 
being yourself at a baseball game and a ball falls in your beer. Krista eventually moved back to Minnesota, and for the most part, she lives a very normal life. She's a software developer in Minneapolis, she has a bunny named Napoleon, and she and her fiancé, who by the way is not the same guy from the baseball game, just bought their first house. But in a box, in their new house, there are two clear plastic cups, stuck together by dried-up Goose Island Green Line beer. And nestled inside the cups is a dirty leather ball with red stitching from Wrigley Field. To the untrained eye, a ball in a cup might look like trash. But to Krista, it's the memory of a great story. A great story that on occasion can still be used in Chicago to get a free drink. Yeah, I tell this story (laughs) probably more often than I should. Thank you so much for listening to Funny Stories to Tell in the Dark. If you are interested in telling me a story for this show, please send me a message on Instagram at Funny Stories in the Dark. I tagged the Cubs on Instagram today, so I assume I will become a celebrity here pretty shortly. So better get your story in before I become too famous and stop making this podcast. If you like the show, please subscribe to it wherever you listen and rate and review it in Apple Podcasts. It really helps more people like you find my show. Uh, I think that's it for today. So uh, go, go Cubs, go baseball, go sports. Until next time, thanks for listening. Thank you.